Because I have a dream. And staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. The ballot or the bullet is to either ignore them or to deny them without giving And we stand together to win the war. Yes, we can. Talk about practice. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Yo, we in here. This is the Wild Wild World preseason. Game number two, back to get a little warm-up, a little stretch in before we pop off with some 2020 madness. Welcome to the podcast, Airwaves. It's your man, Will, along with Kellen over yonder. What up, though? A classic, classic uh, greeting from Kellen. So uh, how you doing today? You good, man? You living? You all right? Hey, man, I'm out here living my best life, my brother. We doing all right? Hey, that's what I'm talking about. It was a semi-sunny day, with, you know, which is about as good as we can hope for here in the Midwest in November. You know what I mean? So I'm feeling all right. Not to mention, I'm looking across from you, or uh, looking across the screen at you, and yep. your man bun is making me smile. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, now we doing what we can out here, you know? You got the man bun, I got the locksmith. man. Look, let's go. Let's go. It's all good. It's that time. It's that time of the year. But I'm you know, excited. You guys know where to find us, kingdomdreamer.com. Catch us on Twitter at Kingdom X Dreams, and this is the preseason, so we're just going to pop it off and do what we got to do. It's also November, Yeah, yeah which yeah, means yeah, the yeah. Thanksgivings is coming up next Most week, definitely. a week from tomorrow, bro. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. Let's get it. Let's <laughs> so get let's, it. Let's, uh, let's just warm up a little bit. I know last, last Thanksgiving we had our little ranking thing, but mm-hmm. I, I hear you have different changes of opinion. Thanksgiving's done things to you. What is your... What is your you know, favorite, man? Here's the thing. I don't even remember what I said last year. Let's just be real. So I know y'all don't remember what I said last year. We were talking about it. And as you said, this is the preseason. Okay. So it's all right if we recycle a couple things, right? Because preseason, we work in the kinks out. We're trying to figure out what works and what yeah. doesn't. We make Why no not? guarantee of quality. You know, if you buy a preseason ticket to any of your favorite sporting events, yep. you can't expect a quality work and effort. You know what I'm saying? But So <laughs> we're going to bring the effort. I can't guarantee that the overall result is going to be great. but. To your question, Will, Thanksgiving, yeah. what might my favorite Thanksgiving food be? Look, it's tough, right? Because there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of different things that go into it. There's some things that I just universally love no matter what, like cranberry sauce. I ain't going to lie. I'm a cranberry sauce guy. And I ain't talking about the new fancy stuff. I will, max cran- I will max canned cranberry sauce all day. And I'm not a person that has a poor palate. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not low class in that sense. I just love, for whatever reason, Canned cranberry sauce. However, it can't be my favorite, right? So I got to say, if I really break it all down, if I look at what is my single favorite Thanksgiving food, it really comes down to three. Three items. Three. It's three, and I got to choose between one of them. All right. It's either going to be the classic sweet potato pie, right? And I say all this with the caveat that, you know, somebody might break out some other dish, you know what I'm saying, and 
has a particular recipe or way they cook it that, that could knock everything out the park you know, on an individual basis. But we're assuming a base level quality of all of these things, right? right? right. Consistency. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like your mama might make the best pecan pie ever, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe somebody makes greens that are above, you know, the average or whatever. But for my three normal, it's the sweet potato pie, it's the candy yams, and it's dressing. Those are the three. Facts. Yeah, when it go when it when it comes down to leftovers, like even the days after Thanksgiving, that Friday, you know, that Saturday after Thanksgiving, when you sit chilling watching college football or whatever, and you got all the leftovers in the fridge, every time I make a plate, there's gonna be some candy yams, there's gonna be some dressing on it, and I'm always trying to make sure we got at least a little, a little extra sweet potato pie. Everything else I can do, live, even macaroni and cheese, I can live without at times, but I gotta have those three. So if I gotta pick one, I will go with Will. Dude, I was literally gonna pick the same thing. That's what sucks. <laughs> hey man, that's why we. That's why. That's, that's why we people exactly. though. See, and that's and I, with your criteria, this thing. My mom makes the best dressing, hands down. Now you, you know we got like nine listeners right now ready to fight you already for saying yeah, that. Yeah, right? I know because they mama okay. does the best too. But that's why. But I've had some bad dressing too. Dressing can be a large spectrum. There it is can. a big spectrum of dressing, so you got to be in the right place to have that good dressing. Otherwise. Candy yams. I mean, I guess I haven't had anybody screw up the candy yams. I'm sure you can. I don't know. I haven't. You you know you know the one way you can huh. is when they when they make it in those bit like when they don't really slice it, uh, cut it down. I mean, it don't got to be thin. You can have a big chunk, but when they make it really big, it's like they just cut the yam in half. Sometimes it's like a whole yam. Yeah. yeah whole sometimes it, it it gets a little stringy if they don't. Do- it's like, a, it's like a straight potato then basically yeah but it's like a little stringy it's, it's a little weird a little uh, fibrous that's the word okay okay that's fair i guess i haven't had it that way but dressing i've had the trash dressing and amazing dressing so there's a spectrum but if it's the right dressing dressing hands down couldn't see, agree more see we're on the same page we starting this season off right well just Right there, man. Right, we fired right out there. the case like the Lakers. You know what I mean? Like we, yeah, yeah, we are in there. Hey, you see that though? LeBron, the first guy ever to have a triple double on all thirty-two teams. I, I did, and the one team that he didn't get is Seattle because they don't exist anymore. <laughs> well, he got OKC, which is Seattle. That's what he just got. I know. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, Don't play him yeah. like that. That's LeBron. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, hey, you know, I, I am one that says LeBron is not the GOAT, but he's undoubtedly number two easily. Um, it's not even a, a, a debate for me, you know. We ain't but, getting into this. You know where to go. It's okay. Hey, look, we, we can go we can have a special episode if you want to go on the on the Bron debates. I don't even know where you stand right now because I know you're still a little emotionally hurt because you left Cleveland. So I don't know where you at with this. I'm still hurt, but he's still the GOAT. That's okay. All. Okay. I still, cry, okay. I still cry about every other, every third night. But put it this way. <laughs> I'll just put it I I'll just put my succinct LeBron is number two argument, right? Do I think that he does everything Michael Jordan did? Just as well, if not better, yes, I do. Do I think he's got more? He's more the more talented and more skilled player. Yes, I do. I just think Jordan is a sociopath and LeBron isn't, and so Jordan goes. Okay. So he pulls whatever extra out of himself that shouldn't even really be there, so to win and to dominate. Just because he is a maniac and a sociopath who will do anything to win, and he has to rule over and dominate everyone and everything in his path. Otherwise, he can't breathe properly, and so that makes him ultimately the person that's going to win more often than LeBron. But I do think LeBron is actually a better basketball player than Jordan. That might be the best argument I've ever heard for LeBron being number two. I'll be honest. I, hey, I, I, I see it now. 
yeah. starting start to see clear. I'm going to have to chew on that one. But let's let's get into what the world's chopping about, the Twitter's chopping about, the trendings. Um, what do you want to start with? you want to start with uh, Cap or Chick-fil-A? Chicken or football? <laughs> Chicken or football, two things I enjoy most. Yeah. Um, let's talk about let's talk about football right quick let's let's tell us about what's going on with your boy cap right quick let's talk about Kaepernick so if you are not on the internet familiar with football or paying attention at all you should know what's happening but Kaepernick this this whole thing's wild so I'm gonna spell it out kind of the order that it happened and then we'll kind of break down our opinions on it so Mm -hmm. the NFL scheduled a private workout for Kaepernick and all the NFL teams to come. Now, mm-hmm. they scheduled this without Cap's team knowing, without the NFL teams knowing. They scheduled it and then said this is when it's going to happen. So no NFL teams requested none of that. It was the NFL's doing. That's what it says, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, all right, let's do it. Fine. Why would they want to do this, right? So all these different things start going down. It's on a Saturday. It's supposed to be in Atlanta at the Falcon Stadium, right? Um Kaepernick's team is supposed to sign a waiver that's not a normal waiver. It's like a unstandard waiver that would essentially waive Kaepernick's rights. They don't want Kaepernick requests other media to be there and they say no. Kaepernick's team requests to move the thing up to a weekday and they say no, it's got to be on this Saturday. So it all starts sounding fishy. Then Kaepernick dips and they go do the same workout on the same day in Atlanta high school. Eight teams are there. The own media is there. But this whole thing happens, um, and I don't know what to say of it. NFL stunt, for what reason? It doesn't make any sense. Why would the NFL want to run this workout without NFL teams requesting it? What, what's the point? You know what I mean? So yeah. that's, that's what ends up happening, right? Yeah. He ends up working out. The video is out there. He apparently can still play football. There are eight teams that were there. And now we see what happens. But the controversy is it, this is three. He hasn't played in what three years now. Uh, been at least three years. Feels like longer than that to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I think it's only been three years, but it does feel like a long time, right? They just yeah. finished a massive lawsuit in February. There's no. Why would the NFL do this? That's the question. Uh, it really seems like it's a covering our basis type of thing. I mean, CYA. <laughs> you know, like that. That's what it came off of is from the beginning. Um, and it seemed a little like a publicity stunt, which is weird because by its very nature, would bring a lot of negative publicity um, from both sides of the fence. <laughs> you know, the anti-Kaepernick people are probably, you know, somewhat irritated with the NFL for this. And, you know, Kaepernick's backers, most of them are, are kind of seeing through a lot of this. Um, yeah. And that, that's how I came across, you know, all, like you said, all, every element of it from the timing to the waiver to all of this just screamed, uh, screamed, you know, we want to ha- be able to say, look, this is what we did. For you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look, we gave him a chance and he wasn't good enough. It's really, it's really what it seems like I said. No, what seems so ridiculous because you would think that the NFL, uh, that billion dollar, multi billion dollar corporation, wouldn't do something that transparent. So you almost want to give them a benefit of the doubt, but I can't really line that up with any of the actual actions they took. Right. So I think it's beyond a PR stunt because this waiver thing is what's crazy to me because they confirmed that it wasn't a standard waiver that you signed for like workouts in the NFL and all that thing, but it Mm -hmm. literally was waiving his employee rights. 
So yeah. that that right there is wild to me. Like that the NFL, what does the NFL have out for this man? For one dude, right? Well, they had to pay him some money. So, I mean. <laughs> right, but that, they took that L and whatever. And it's almost like the Kaepernick issue is in the past. Why would you be like, we're going to pull this workout out of nowhere to get this dude to waive his rights so we can prove our, like, narrative? Like, that's, that's a lot of stops for one dude. Yeah. The whole thing is weird, man. I mean, in this – it's weird. And there's a whole other element of things of people calling uh, Kaepernick like a sellout or whatever for have, holding the workout. And, for, and it's like – it just to address that briefly, if you haven't seen it, you know, a lot of his Twitter talk and all of that. People say basically Kaepernick, you know, for the cause should basically say, screw the NFL, you know, I don't want to play. The thing is, you know, the man dedicated his life to being good at football, or at least his early part of his life, and is a competitor and it's a sport he loves and wants to play. And if he, he said from the jump, like, hey, he wants to play. He loves football. He wants to play football. And the reality is that the that the NFL is the only place you can play football at that level. You know, that's even – Globally, yeah. Yeah, globe. I mean, even the CFL is a different type of game. Arena League is a different type of game. As an adult, you can't really play for real football anywhere else other than the NFL, other than some semi-pro leagues or whatever. So he's always said he wanted to play, Right. So I don't hold it against – nobody should hold it against him to want to play. Um, then, then there's also questioning of how much he really does want to play. Some people say, oh, he doesn't really want to play because he's being a bit hostile to the league or whatever. But I think the man is just saying, hey, look, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is what I want. This league has been blackballing me even though we all know I can play. I'm here. I'm still ready to play. Don't be scared. You know, hire me if you dare. That sort of thing. Right. Um, so – no, yeah, it's yeah. You can't say he's a uh, trying to play the martyr or a sellout for try either side. There's I hear people saying, "Oh, he's because he's being hostile, and non-negotiable. He's he wants to be a know, martyr. He wants to continue the martyr victim type thing." But this, I mean, this was scheduled by the NFL. All they did was alternate routes once they realized there was a bunch of mess going on with this. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, and, and look, let the man. The man said he he was ready to play. The man said he's been wanting to play. Uh, so it, it's just the, the league went about it in a real shady type of way. You know, I don't know. It, 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 the whole thing is crazy, man. This this Kaepernick situation has been wild since the very beginning. Even if you stop and think about, like the NFL at literally blackballed this man because he kneeled for the national anthem. Yeah. At the same time, speaking out the other side of the mouth, saying, "Well, it's a free country; people can do what they want." But they literally blackballed him. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's a wild thing. From this very public, um, this very public organization blackballed somebody because they protested in a legal way. In the fact, just even thinking about how offended and a respectful way. Yeah, how offended people got by this is so wild to me. Like, he, it's not even like he stomped on a flag, or you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's it's amazing that people think this way, man. Um. It shows you how deep the propaganda is for being patriotic, man. Patriotic is next to godliness, even though it's it's above godliness. Well, yeah, above it. Yeah, the flag is the alt. It's you know the alt. It's pretty wild. The whole thing's but really wild. It, 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 
Yeah, and it's only it's only placed that way. It's hypocritically placed that way because the vast majority of people that are arguing those things don't actually really care about the flag that much. They don't adhere to all the flag codes and guidelines. You got people that 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 are this upset, and many of them never even served their country in any meaningful way, right? You know, if you're that offended about it, then you should then give some of your time, energy, and effort to this government that you say you love so much, right? But people don't do that. So it's it's all see-through hypocrisy, you know, and it's a bit irritating. And you know, I don't even like that word, uh, hypocrisy, Will, because talk, I talk about it all the time. That's true. So you're, you're using it in the for real way. I mean, yeah, that's a lot of it connects to, you know, almost all of it, I think, connects to race in America with the way they've played because of the narratives around it, the way they played Kaepernick, but. Oh yes. Yeah, us versus them. Yeah, you know, exactly. Us versus them. Cause you know, how many people like, let's just be real of, of the people that uh, are arguing about Kaepernick. If he said he was taking a knee because he felt like this country was getting away from its roots and was being too, I don't know. I, I can't even think of anything. If he said he was taking a knee uh, to honor all the unborn that were, um, that were aborted. A lot of the people that are mad at them now would be like, okay, cool. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, they wouldn't have a problem, but because he's doing it, you know, in, in honor of and in remembrance of and in protest of, um, you know, the killings of, you know, black and brown folks by law enforcement, you know, then, then it hits on all sorts of areas of uh, yeah. sensitivity. So, uh, but we've had these conversations before, man. The people have heard it before. I feel like we're talking in circles. You know, yeah, my bad. too point is the workout was crazy an absolute nonsense stunt that is puzzling and it's going to be weird to see how more of it play out and the fact is just athletically looking at these nfl teams and quarterbacks somebody could use kaepernick there's a lot of trash quarterbacks on the bottom of this league they could have been used that man for the last three years oh easily that's what i'm saying he's 32 now but even at now he could still like chicago where you know the bears need a quarterback bro so I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we'll, we'll see what comes out of it. You know, if he gets signed to something, you know, we'll come back on here and talk about it. I, I have a feeling, you know, we'll get more excuses and reasons why, why that ain't going to happen. So exactly, we'll exactly. But you know what elsewhere in the world, other things going on. Like chicken. You know, chicken. You mentioned, hey, look, the Popeye's chicken sandwich came back. I still ain't had it, It bro. was popping. <laughs> it's a very tasty sandwich. It's okay. a very tasty sandwich. Right. There's and, not that uh, many Popeyes down there, which is disappointing. Oh, uh, y'all got y'all got Bojangles down there in uh, Kentucky. Yeah, there's Bojangles, and okay. there's one Popeyes all the way on the north side of the city. I ain't been there yet, but see, I, I've been by Bojangles before when I've been in the south, and it pretty so much seems to me like it ain't much different than Popeyes. So I don't know what the difference is. Um, I think it's not as good as Popeyes. I don't think, okay. but maybe I'm tripping. It seemed very similar, kind of like, you know, rallies versus checkers, or White Castle versus Crystal. You know what I'm saying? It seemed well, like rallies those. and checkers are literally the same. I know. That's what I thought it was initially. But I don't I, think clearly it's, I mean, it's not that close. It's not that okay. close. Okay. Okay. Uh, but look, around here, Pop, there was lines around the block for about a week. Um, anyways, right. we're only talking about Popeyes, you know, tangentially a little bit because this next thing that we wanted to talk about some people have made the inference that uh <laughs> it's because of Popeye's even though that's been disproven uh but because of the Popeye's chicken sandwich popping off but what we're referring to is chick uh the news this week or what is this Wednesday so maybe it was this week maybe it was in the last week it's recent news um that Chick-fil-a is no longer going to be donating to 
a couple of organizations. Well, I'm saying it that way because I'm trying to present the information factually as opposed to how it was presented on social media. Right, um, right. So basically, it came out that Chick-fil-A uh, or Chick-fil-A stated that their obligations to uh, their previous charitable uh, um, donations. I don't know if it's all of them or most of them, but specifically in this case, we're talking about the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes ended in 2018. Now, the way that was framed uh, on social media and in the news was that Chick-fil-A is no longer donating to anti-LGBT organizations. Um, and it was also then framed as they were doing this directly in, in response to some of the protests and things of that nature that have been going on um, from LGBT advocacy groups uh, because of these donations. And, uh, and honestly, uh, partially because of, you know, the statements that uh, the the uh, founder, um, I forgot his name on top of my head right now, um, made of you know years back about uh god's judgment coming down upon america uh, in part because of the marriage laws and things that were changing um right so that's been the news that's come out and there's been a lot of reaction to it will um some people been saying hey yeah we won you know <laughs> you know what i mean like hey you know chick-fil-a finally bent to the pressure uh other people on the other side of the aisle are saying are, are you know we're mad at chick-fil-a for um supposedly succumbing to the pressure or you know bowing down to the protesters or whatever the case may be and then well chick-fil-a came out and made another statement and said hey look we basically our, our obligations were over we're now focused you know, we didn't do this because of any one particular thing, but we're focusing our um, our uh, our charitable givings in three different areas. And I had it up on my screen, and I actually just lost it. Well, I'm not sure I remember. It. I think it was homelessness, um, education, education, and something else. Yeah, homelessness, education, and one other area. Um, so, well, before I, you know, ran on this, what do you, what do you think about this, man? What, what what's popping in your mind here? Um. I don't know. Chicken controversies are, are big things, man. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think it's partially, I think it's like a lot of its narrative on either side, right? Of people mm -hmm. supporting this restaurant either because they support Christian groups that could be tied to anti LGBT things or the opposite if they back off, right? It's all mm -hmm. really narrative because people still buying that chicken like mad <laughs> like it's it's one of the fastest growing fast food restaurants by a long shot mm -hmm. right now and it's starting to make its way up north towards y'all so it's like i was already it's already populating here that's what i'm saying so it's like i mean clearly people don't care that much like i, th I feel like it's a few people controlling the narratives about the protest stuff but then on the chick-fil-a side like I'm I'm for I guess in general, right? Mm -hmm. I'm for the ability of the people to boycott because of corporate decisions, right? Right. But these ones are kind of odd, right? And and I don't think the boycott's working clearly, right? If people are boycotting it uh, on either side of it, in the way that the narrative, you know, I think the narrative changed from. They just are not supporting these two groups till they've backed off of mm -hmm. anti-LGBT groups because people love that chicken so much, bro. Well, want to go back. People do. I mean, so 
it's funny because this whole argument, I, I always look at it. I, I say, ultimately, look, Chick-fil-A is a company. This is a capitalist or, you know, nation. They are a company. They're a business. They're in business to make money and a profit, right? They're not a ministry. They're not a non-for-profit. They're not a representative of the church. What it is is the people that founded Chick-fil-A said, hey, we are people of faith, and we want to run our organization in a way that is, you know, God-honoring in the ways that they deem, <laughs> they deem that to be so, right? Right. Um, which I will say, look, Chick-fil-A has, has a great reputation for being, you know, very friendly, very customer friendly, um, clean, all, all those sorts of things that um, you would hopefully associate with a faith-based organization, right? Um, right. But they're still a money-making business. And, you know, they, even, whether they clo- even though they close on Sunday, you know, they are making enough money throughout the week where well, that's not hurting them, you know what I mean? Um, yep. So, you know, people... Christians responding to this to this news, you know, kind of negatively. To me, I, I kind of roll my eyes because I'm, you know, just saying, hey, look, they're in it to make money. It's just like you shouldn't idolize, you know, gospel artists, <laughs> you know, and be be broken down and hurt when it when it comes out that they're doing something they ain't supposed to be doing, or they walk away from the faith or whatever like that. Right. Same way here. It's like even like what's happening. Like we shouldn't expect athletes to leave them to lead the movements <laughs> you know what i mean we shouldn't expect athletes and entertainers to lead the way um not because they're incapable as people but just because they're usually not qualified to do those sorts of things and also they have a lot to lose right it's easy for you know us making you know uh you know the money we make to fuss at somebody that's making millions to say oh well you got plenty to lose but they have more to lose than us so it anyways with um with chick-fil-a we shouldn't expect Chick-fil-A to be out here ringing the drum for uh, faith and Christianity here in America. That's not their job and their role. That said, the whole anti-Chick-fil-A argument to me has always been disingenuous from the beginning. Uh, and it's been disingenuous in a way that a lot of these arguments have been. Um, you know, we see this specifically with, you know, when it comes to LGBT issues, where essentially it comes down to either either side with us, agree with us fully, or you are anti and we're going to try to destroy you. And when I say we, I'm just I'm talking about kind of the screaming mob, <laughs> you know, those folks. I, I'm not talking about individual people, I'm talking about the, the Twitter mob and Twitter hive and all those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. And some of the more extreme activists. And this whole thing was based on uh, Truett Cathy, that's the guy's name, Truett Cathy making a couple statements. Um, at the time, and then people then deciding to label the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes as anti-LGBT groups and hate groups, mm-hmm. even though, to my knowledge, they were ne- they were never anti-anything, only in the sense that they were not pro those things. Um, right. So I believe Salvation Army did come out and like we say, hey, look, we believe in what the Bible has to say about sexuality and marriage, so we believe that this is what marriage is, and we ask that the people that work for us you know, uh, adhere to those same things, right? <laughs> or live uh, or live those same lifestyles. If you don't, that's fine. But if you are going to work for us as a faith-based organization, which they have always claimed to be, we ask that you share our faith if you're going to work for us, right? Which has always made perfect sense. Right, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, and people only seem to have these issues when it comes to Christian groups. If, they, if this was an Islamic group or Muslim or, or whatever, a Buddhist group, they say, hey, if you this is a nonprofit organization that we ask that you adhere, that you, you know, agree with what we believe in because we're doing this based on faith to be a part of our group. 
most people are going to be okay with that, right? But so th- that was one thing in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes as well. Like, look, it says in the night title of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It's at this point in time, very disingenuous for people to, to see the word Christian and then be offended or upset that a Christian believes in either uh, male-female marriage only, you know, or even, you know, the controversial take that, oh, homosexuality is a sin. That shouldn't be controversial at this time. You could disagree with it. You could think that's wrong. But to, to, to label groups that say, hey, we believe what the Bible says as, wrong, as hateful or anti is just disingenuous at this point. And, but people do it, you know, and yeah. people continue to do it, which is why the whole Chick-fil-A argument to me has always been a non-starter because if you – if you, and I've, had many, I've heard many people say this. I've heard students say this, that, oh, Chick-fil-A doesn't like gay people. There's been no accusations or anything about anything that Chick-fil-A as a company has done to anyone or anything, <laughs> you know what I mean, on an individual level that is hurt or harm any gay people or denied employment or anything like that. Right. And people make the argument, it cut me off at any time. Well, I apologize. I'm just, I, I, I'm ranting a little bit. <laughs> but people I'm taking make the it argument. in. I'm taking it in. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it in, push back. But um, that didn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> but people make the argument that, well, if you donate money to a group that harms LGBT people, then you are part of the problem. But my question is, where is the harm? The Salvation Army in particular donates a lot of its energy and resources to helping the homeless and people that are displaced. Mm-hmm. And on their own website, they talk about I think something like four out of 10 teenagers that are homeless identify as LGBT, right? And they help people regardless of you know, sexual orientation, anything like that. So this is a group that is actually helping many, many, many people that are LGBT, but because their faith, their faith doctor says, Hey, this is what we believe in terms of who we are and the people that work for us and what we believe in terms of how we live our lives. But we also believe that we're called to help everybody, whether they agree with us or not, and we're giving them direct resources that will positively affect their lives. Mm How is the, how, how is this a group like the Salvation Army harmful? To, to LGBT youth or people in general. Uh, and the only argument you could make, at least to me, tell me if I'm wrong, Will, is that, well, it's harmful because it doesn't affirm them. And so then it's mentally damaging somehow, some way. Yeah. See, and I, th- I think you are hitting some key with this whole thing. Cause once again, I'm like, I'm all for social movements of any kind calling out corporations at a level, right. In mm-hmm. terms of seeking justice and using social movements, to put pressure on corporations. Right, right. But, with this, it's quite a bit different when you to label something a hate group is a very, very strong claim, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a claim that's what like you said, disingenuous, but in in a way it's is outright wrong because there are real hate groups that we're dealing with here in America that are not getting the same pressure. Right. Not getting the same, you know, whatever, like flack, right? That are actually hateful towards people right uh so i think yeah i think you're hitting some key where it's you know to to call them a hate group is one very extreme thing that you cannot i think legitimately do even if you don't agree with you know uh a part of their religious stance you know what i mean but but the, the problem is that's that's what we are it's if you don't agree with my with our religious stance you're hateful. And usually it's from people that are not religious, right? Or they claim to be religious, but don't really actually follow any tenets of the faith that they claim to follow, right? right. They just, oh, I'm religious. 
But if you really is coming down, and it's not even religion, let's let's just be real. And I'm this is not me playing the you know the persecuted Christian act. But the only religion in this country that people tend to have an outward problem with or will speak on is Christianity, right? Islam, Islam is far more harsh against the LGBT community than Christianity. Uh, Buddhism true. isn't really involved in that too much. But just we we can go down the line, right? And the only and granted. Christianity is the main, you know, the largest religion in this country. So it's, it's out there right. the most. And so, it, and they're not, that's the only one that couldn't be accurately described as, you know, a minority community or whatever. So I get it. Right. But that's who is that, that's what we are. If, if you hold to these, to these faith-based relief, uh, beliefs, faith-based beliefs, um, when it comes, especially when it comes to the area of sexuality, you are now hateful and an enemy and anti. And there's no there's no nuances, no gray. And it's done that way for a reason because we're trying to label people a certain way to win the argument. If you can label somebody a certain way, you can win the argument before it even starts. Because yeah. people then already have an idea in your head. Again, like I said, I've had students to, and this isn't the conversation I brought up. They talked, you know, mentioned Chick-fil-A. And they're talking about, oh, Chick-fil-A, they hate gay people. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're hateful. And so as soon as you say that, you already won that argument with that kid. Because now you have to work through the rhetoric to actually explain the truth to them, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, you say those buzzwords and it's in their head. They're there. They're done. Now, now they already believe, okay, you don't agree with us, you're hateful. You're a hateful person. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it shows, well, two things. One, I think it depends back to the Christian Islam, the way that the narratives work. I think it depends on what group you're, what group's doing what, right? Typically more progressive or hating on christianity but that conservative right be speaking nonsense about muslim people but that's a little different than this issue but i think that's worse right (laughs) yeah yeah no yeah exactly it's all it's just this pitting against each other and everybody but i think what it what it shows and what you're saying right is it shows the power of narrative and it's all a battle to control the narrative Mm -hmm. right so whoever can control the narratives like you said wins the argument uh which is this whole like weird thing we're in right now where there's this what you know culture wars nonsense right which is which is an odd yeah i don't know i'm still thinking through that because it's an odd term culture wars and it's it's just like it's made to pit and divide but yeah like you said to i think it's irresponsible to look at anything in life as black and white like like these narrative controls are right to not have nuance and to be able to see complexities of life situations belief thoughts is just it's it's disingenuous it's not um i don't know what the right word for it is like you're not being honest with yourself you know what yeah. I mean? and, we, and we see that a lot of ways i think it's for two reasons one the disingenuity helps you win arguments <laughs> right mm-hmm. and two it also helps affirm whatever your worldview already is yeah. you know you don't have to dig that deep into these things. A lot of the logic that's placed out here is easily, you could, you could tear it down pretty easily, you know? Um, but that's only if you get to the point where you can have a conversation with somebody and talk about these things point by point by point. In the social media world we live in, social media isn't built for that. It's built for, I actually just tweeted out today, you know, I said it's funny that, you know, essentially the, the worshiping or liking and retweeting of, you know, somebody's couple hundred 
you know, characters of, you know, kind of phony wisdom as replaced, you know, what used to happen back in my day, which is, you know, thinking that you are wise and, and intelligent because you listen to most deaf or to live quality. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, I'm deep, I'm deep, I'm smart, I'm with. So now it's just somebody, somebody tweets something that sounds deep, you know, or they tweet a meme that sounds like it makes sense until you actually think about it. It's like, yeah, that doesn't actually make any sense. But it's Twitter and those places aren't built for that because it's built for you to be able to put whatever you want in the world and then not have to respond to any of it. You only mm-hmm. respond to what you want to. You only respond to what affirms to you. And because so many of these arguments are happening on social media or even, you know, on, on these news channels or whatever, where you have three people in a room yelling at each other and nobody ever really gets to, like, it, they, they fan it as debate or they present it as debate, but it's not real debate because people don't really get to dig into it, right? It's not a debate with a moderator. We got an hour here to dig through this issue, right? That's mm-hmm. not what it is. Yeah. Um, and so these things never really get worked out unless you sit down and talk to people one-on-one uh, and have a conversation, which is why so many people can walk around with these faulty beliefs because they've never actually heard them challenged. You know, <laughs> like they never actually listened to anything that challenges. And that goes for both sides of the aisle, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And so we have to be willing to, ch- to challenge people. But the problem is, like we talked about before, with the buzzwords and things of that nature, they're designed specifically to prevent that from happening. Right. Because if you can label something hateful, if you can label something anti, if you can label something blank phobic, then that already creates in the, in the other person's mind. These people are bad and evil and wrong and I'm not one of them. And so whatever they have to say can't be correct. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's like propaganda in any place in the world, you know, or any time in history. If you can label Jews as evil or as people that are responsible for all these bad things in society, then people don't people aren't going to sit and dig deeper into, well, what are you doing to these people? Is it actually right or wrong? They're going to say, well, they're evil, and you know it is what it is. It's okay. If you can label black people as criminals and thugs or whatever, when you see a black man go going to jail, even if the evidence is faulty, you're not going to say, oh, or a black man shot by the cops. You're not going to say, man, that's, that's, that's terrible. You're going to say, oh, what did they do? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Wait, wait and see, wait and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, that's how, that's how these things work. And yeah. it pisses me off because as a person, as obviously as we're doing now, that likes to talk about these things and, and, and say, well, let's look at the logic behind it. Is this actually true or not? Mm-hmm. We can't have those conversations. Right. Well, and I think that's, I mean, that's the big problem with the whole cancel culture, you know, is it, it says we cannot have a conversation that that does not exist. Right. Right. So, you know, you, you create narratives and then you create enemies and what's crazy about it, I guess not crazy about it, but what's sad about it is how we don't recognize, like literally it's changed form because of social media, the internet and all those things. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, to see, you know, history of ways narrative control and propaganda and those things have literally destroyed groups of people. Right. Mm-hmm. And to see how that works and to not recognize that that's going on in multiple ways on multiple sides today. I mean, it's sad that you can't, you can't see that clearly and then be able to have genuine conversations, look at actual logic, uh, I, you know, I don't know, because that's the whole thing happened with the the Trump, you know, administration, right? They paid Cambridge Analytica to go in there and run these ads and basically manipulate people through propaganda. But the fact is, we don't recognize that. Like, we're too inundated with, you know, whatever. 
our group yeah. says. Well, and it's like you said, it's like you said, our group is turning to us versus them. Right. So it almost doesn't matter. And right. I know that there's the actual like stats and, and studies behind this that um, groups will agree with somebody from that group, even if it's about a subject that they don't agree with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like even if you don't, you know, uh, conservatives are more willing to listen to or to agree with, you know, anti-abortion or I'm sorry, abortion things from other conservatives than they are from liberals. You know, And it's just, that's how it goes. We are in our bubbles and our groups and we just ride with that. So even if they do, even if this, this politician or whatever is somebody you don't really like, if they're part of your group, if they're going up against somebody not part of your group, then, you know, Hey, we're going to ride with them. You know, and, and that's just kind of how these things go. If you're liberal, you're riding against conservatives. No matter what, if you're conservative, you're riding against the liberals. And, mm-hmm. Really, what I would love is if more people said, I'm not going to label myself as either one of these things. I'm not going to attach myself to a group. I'm just going to form my opinion for the uh, for myself on all these different subjects that are out there, all these different topics or you know debates or whatever. I'm going to form my own opinion. What do I think? What do I believe? Because when you're doing that, then you're also willing to rethink your opinion. You're willing to actually see is this something I truly believe or have I just been taught that or whatever the case may be, you know, mm-hmm. and people get accused of, you know, not thinking on both sides of the aisle, especially as, you know, people of faith, they always say, Oh, you don't really believe any of this stuff. You were just told to believe it. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I mean, right. I know that's not true of myself, nor is it true of you. We actually mm-hmm. think about these things, but the right. sad thing is you see it on the other side of the aisle too. Actually, I want to say the other side of the aisle. I'm not on any side of the aisle, but you see that in the left as well, where people that just align themselves with a certain way of thinking, viewpoint, and, and ride from there. So bottom line is we got to do better, Will, as yeah. a people. Well, and I think that's the, that's the challenging question that we, have to, that we can't really answer, that we have to think about, is how do we actually create spaces where genuine conversation can happen, where people can put their put everything on the table and they're willing to you know, everything's not held with a tight fist, but you can actually evaluate thoughts, beliefs, the ways those are formed. You know what I mean? Like, we just don't have those spaces. And I don't know how we create those. I don't know how we start that. I have no idea. But you gotta go Facebook Live or Instagram Live. <laughs> right, because that'll do it. Yeah, but I, yeah, I just don't know. It, there's a, a lot of uh, challenges to actually having, you know, genuine conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what it is. And, uh, th- that genuine is, is what's important, you know, cause I know for myself, the one thing that bothers me more than anything else, or not more than anything else. One thing that uh, definitely bothers me is that when, when Christians are la- labeled as hateful or anti or whatever, because by the very nature of who we are, you know, at our core, we are to care for and love people and care about people and do our best to help people. Right regardless if they believe what we believe or not, you know? And so mm-hmm. that label of hateful and, and anti and all that stuff couldn't be further from the truth, at least how I live my life. And, you know, I can't speak to, to everybody else, but uh, so those things are issues and, you know, we love to be able to have a world in the society. We can really find common ground, um, with each other because America was supposedly built on different pe- people, different faiths, religions, thought process supposedly like i said i know yeah, that was keyword is supposedly yeah, that was marketing <laughs> but if we but we but you know so many of us want to believe that marketing <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah. let's start acting like it whether you're on the left whether you're on the right whatever you know let's be willing to actually talk to people love each other you know 
chop it up with people that don't agree with you, that don't think like you, that didn't come from where you come from. And uh, I do think, as corny as it sounds, this would be a much better society than it is. It's facts, man. It's facts. Dropping K knowledge, you know. Yeah. No. Knowledge in the preseason, man. It's it's early. People are already getting getting the good stuff, man. On the yeah, warmups. Hey, look, we do what we can. Speaking of preseason, we ain't playing a full game, so we gotta get up out of here, man. That's facts. That's facts. Uh, second string gotta come in. We gotta sit down for a little bit, you know, rest. But you know where to find us. This is preseason game two. Check us out on Twitter. You can follow Kellen at old boy underscore K underscore R. He actually tweeted today. I did once. Hey, congrats, congrats. You can follow me at William R. Horn, H-O-R-N-E, the most original Twitter name alive. So check us out. We got a we got a season coming in 2020. It's gonna be good. We just kind of warming up, getting the vibes back, letting y'all know where we sure. at. A lot of other good stuff coming, so be on the lookout. Keep wow, wow, wow. Eyes and ears open. Eyes and ears open. So it's been good. It's been real. We'll see y'all later. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wild Wild World Show. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on Twitter at Kingdom X Dreams and learn more at KingdomDreamer.com.